Welcome to The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Listen to Joe tackle the really tough moral issues, current events, and politics from a Catholic perspective. Now here's Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Hello again, Six Packers, and welcome back to The Cantankerous Catholic episode 45. Until I was a sophomore in high school, I grew up in the St. Louis area across the Mississippi River in Illinois on the east side of the metropolitan area. We were so close to the city, in fact, that I recall watching the huge cranes build the Gateway Arch, which today is the most identifiable part of the St. Louis skyline. My childhood neighborhood was unique in a lot of ways, and it contributed immensely to my overall education about life. In fact, it continues to influence my thinking to this day, but not in the ways you'd think, especially considering the title of this episode. I'll fully explain what I mean when we come back. I don't think you'll want to miss this one. Can you see yourself making converts? Very few books have ever been written to teach the mechanics of practical Catholic evangelization, something all Catholics are obliged to do. Of the books available, none teach you a step-by-step method for actually cultivating an inquirer, then taking that inquirer all the way to the baptismal font. Until now, nobody is more qualified to teach Catholic evangelization than Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy. Joe Sixpack has made hundreds of converts since 1988 in small group and one-on-one venues, and 84 of them are his adult godchildren. Consequently, Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, is a virtual treasure trove of how-to resources for evangelization. In the Lay Evangelist's Handbook, Joe Sixpack will show you how to become one of God's rock stars of evangelization, what the two primary obligations are for all Catholics that most people don't know how to begin the journey to becoming a saint, the actual mechanics of productive evangelization, the dangers of nice Catholicism, how to hear God laugh, what to do step-by-step to win over a convert, and much, much more. Get your copy of the Lay Evangelist's Handbook by Joe Sixpack, The Every Catholic Guy, today in print or ebook on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes & Noble, and Kobo. The neighborhood where I did most of my growing up was fairly unique. It was a great place for a boy who loved to be outdoors, and I did. This little neighborhood consisted of three parallel streets that were connected by a highway on one end and a cross street about halfway down the other. All of the streets to my neighborhood simply ended, connecting the three streets with a dirt road. Beyond the dirt road was a mixture of fields and woods about a mile back to a series of railroad tracks. It goes without saying that the allure of those railroad tracks, often with abandoned train cars, were like a siren's call to me and my adventurous buddies. Immediately to one side of the neighborhood was a huge farmer's field where the farmer raised soybeans, wheat, and corn on a rotating basis. Immediately to the other side was Cahokia Mound State Park. Compared to the way it was 60 years ago, the park is very well developed today. 
When I was a kid, the park consisted of a few Indian burial mounds that were heavily overgrown, a few softball diamonds, some basic playground equipment, and seemingly endless acres of forest land. Between the park and fields and abandoned train cars, my neighborhood was an ideal place for a boy to play and grow. It was an isolated oasis in an otherwise cold and uncaring desert of cityscapes. There was no crime or violence, and we were protected from the harshness of city life as long as we stayed in our neighborhood. What surrounded us, though, was a different story. On the other side of the farmer's field was a community called State Park. On the other side of Cahokia Mound State Park was another community called Canteen. The neighborhoods that made up these little communities were vastly different from my neighborhood. Canteen and State Park were filled with lower middle class and poor families, and their preferred lifestyles were less than pleasant. In those days, they were what we called plain white trash. It goes without saying, the kids from those communities weren't the types of kids my parents approved of, and I certainly didn't like being around them. The problem was, I had to go to school with them. Let me show you just what kind of kids they were. We had to ride a bus about 10 miles to go to the junior high school the district said we had to attend, and we rode that bus with kids who lived in the surrounding communities. A group of girls sat in the back of the bus and sang body limericks. They called themselves the Whorehouse Quartet, apparently unaware that a quartet consisted of four people. The other kids were loud and rambunctious, not caring at all about the rules or what others around them thought. They openly smoked, shouted vulgar words, and you could occasionally smell the acrid scent of marijuana. They had the bus driver threatened and intimidated into silence. Both at school and on the bus, these kids bullied and intimidated everyone who wasn't like them. If anyone dared to stand up to them, they acted as a group to utterly destroy that person. Did they get in trouble for such behavior? Absolutely not. If things escalated enough to involve school authorities, they simply shouted about how their rights were being violated by the authorities and how the privileged kid from my neighborhood was just trying to hurt them because we were the haves and they were the have-nots. If anyone ever got into trouble or was disciplined, it was the kids from my neighborhood. This may have been tolerable or even understandable if these kids had been black because the civil rights movement was fully operational by now. But there wasn't a single black kid in my whole school. These kids were just low-class, disgusting bullies. The bottom line was that these kids had no moral compass whatsoever, and they were that way only because their parents either allowed it or encouraged it. Fast forward 60 years. Does this sound familiar to any of you? It should, because I just described the modern Democratic Party as I described my childhood. Modern Democrats are vulgar, crass, clueless bullies. This economic class division and privilege crap they spout is nothing new under the sun. Hell, I grew up with it. The modern Democratic Party is a logical outcome of the kids I just finished describing. Just to make sure I'm not overly influenced by the news I read, watch, and listen to, I went to the Democratic Party's website to see exactly what they promote and where they stand. Let's discuss some of it. A word of warning first, though. 
This is just the official Democratic Party platform from 2016. The 2020 platform promises to be much worse and ever more radical. Democrats say on their website, we will support sexual and reproductive health rights around the globe. In addition to expanding the availability of affordable family planning information and contraceptive supplies, we believe that safe abortion must be part of comprehensive maternal and women's health care and included as part of America's global health programming. The wording of this is flowery and designed to sound reasonable and compassionate, but the reality is there's nothing reasonable and compassionate about it. The reality of what they're talking about equates to the deaths of millions more babies and women through the murderous acts of abortion and contraception. In case you didn't know it, every chemical contraceptive has been found to be an abortifacient, so even artificial contraception kills babies. They say that they believe that safe abortion must be part of comprehensive maternal and women's health care. That's a lie. Maternal health care and abortion are mutually exclusive terms. Abortion is legalized murder. And violence against peaceful pro-life protesters is growing at an exponential rate. You won't find out about that from the lamestream media, though. They support the murder of babies and violence against those who disagree. But that the violence occurs isn't just right-wing propaganda. I know because I've seen the video footage of numerous acts of violence against pro-lifers. The Democrats say on their website that they believe that the LGBT rights are human rights. I defy anyone to come up with one objective argument in favor of that ridiculous statement. Every single thing promoted by LGBT is a violation of natural law. If the LGBT agenda is a human right, then murder, theft, bribery, extortion, arson, rape, and theft are all human rights because they're also violations of natural law. You can't have it both ways. Either we have a right to violate natural laws we please or we don't. We can murder, rape, and steal while we perform sexually perverse acts, or we can't. The Dem website says, We will stop the scourge of human trafficking and modern slavery of men, women, boys, and girls. We will use the full force of the law against those who engage in modern-day forms of slavery, including the commercial sexual exploitation and forced labor of men, women, and children. Really? Then why do they oppose securing our borders? Close to 100% of the sex slave industry enters this country through our southern border. The Democrats don't give a damn about this. It only sounds good to voters. If you want proof, just go back 10 years and see which politicians have been embroiled in the most deviant sexual scandals, some involving victims of sex slavery. Overwhelmingly, they've been Democrats, somewhere in the 90 percentile range. Of course, you usually are what you support. They support every kind of sexual deviancy as a right, so it should be no surprise when we discover their sexual deviance. Democrats say we will do everything we can to protect religious minorities and the fundamental right of freedom of religion. Sounds good, doesn't it? But it seems the only religion they find worthy of defending, even on their own website, is Islam.
Never mind that America was founded by Christians on Christian principles. Never mind that our founding fathers spoke repeatedly about the necessity of Christianity for our country to survive. Never mind the fact that Muslims have been slaughtering Christians for 14 centuries. Never mind that every single act of terrorism committed against this nation except one has had Islam as its core. Democrats aren't the least bit interested in defending religion, especially Christianity. Why? Because everything they promote and stand for is diametrically opposed to Christianity. On another issue that every American should oppose, the Democrats say the Democrat Party remains committed to closing the detention facility at Guantanamo Bay and ending indefinite detention without trial or conviction. Keeping the facility open is a blemish on our record, serves as a recruiting tool for extremists, and undermines our standing in the world. If these booger-eating morons succeed in closing Guantanamo Bay, they'll be responsible for turning some of the world's most dangerous terrorists loose to murder and maim people and destroy property. In other words, they'll become directly involved in future murders. The imprisoned terrorists at Guantanamo Bay are enemy combatants, not American citizens. They don't have a right to a trial. They don't have a right to limited detention. They don't have a right to life because they forfeited the right to life the first time they killed an innocent non-combatant. The primary role and duty of the government is to protect we the people. The insane and traitorous Democrats want to release these deadly and dangerous terrorists so they can murder more Americans. By doing so, they betray their job responsibilities as elected officials, betray every American citizen, and most of all, they betray America herself. Regarding the lie of so-called climate change, they say that it poses an urgent and severe threat to our national security, and Democrats believe it would be a grave mistake for the United States to wait for another nation to take the lead in combating the global climate emergency. First of all, there's no global climate emergency. Does the climate change? Sure it does. But humans have nothing to do with it. It's not possible. The Democrats aren't interested in climate change or saving the world from it. Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, and the bartender have all admitted the reason behind the Green New Deal and climate change brouhaha, even if their admissions were made by accident. None of this garbage has anything to do with climate. It has to do with power and control. The elite few want to enslave everyone else by taking total control of the economy. They want to tell us how to live, what to eat, how many children we can have, if any at all, what to drive, how we can travel, what to think, and every other aspect of our lives. Finally, the Democrats say that they want universal health care and that health care is a human right. Health care is not a human right. Every human right was established at the dawn of time when God created Adam and Eve. You've got a human right to food, water, clothing, and shelter. In the light of world history, medical care is a Johnny-come-lately kind of thing, so you don't have a human right to health care. The government created all the problems we have in the health care industry in the first place. What the hell makes them think they can fix problems with more government control? They can't. Hell, government can't even run the DMV. When I was born in the 50s, my parents didn't have health insurance. Few people did because it wasn't necessary. My mother had an obstetrician deliver me. 
It was a difficult delivery, so I was brought into the world by cesarean section. A pediatrician was waiting to take over my care as soon as I was born. In those days, a new mother spent three to five days in the hospital after giving birth. Let's look at what all happened here. An obstetrician specialist delivered me. He had to perform surgery. A pediatric specialist took over my immediate care. Mom stayed in the hospital for five days. Sounds expensive, doesn't it? Well, it wasn't. The whole shebang only cost them $500, which they paid out of their savings. I looked up what that $500 is in 2019 money. It's only $4,500. My last experience with childbirth cost me over $32,000 way back in 1984. Why the big difference? Because the federal government got involved with our health care in 1965 by giving us the unconstitutional Medicare and Medicaid programs. And it was a Democratic president, Democrat House of Representatives, and a Democratic Senate. The Democrats have been screwing up this nation since they began. They're the party of slavery, the party of Jim Crow, the party that fought the equal rights law. The list could go on and on. They're a party of pure evil. Now they want to completely take over our health care and economy to enslave us. Why am I telling you all this? Because Catholicism and the Democratic Party are completely incompatible. You can't be a practicing Catholic and a Democrat. If you're a Democrat, be honest and honorable enough to be honest with God and leave his church. In the alternative, publicly renounce your democratic affiliation and just as publicly acknowledge your belief in Jesus Christ and his one true church. Our nation and your soul hang in the balance. Learn things about the Catholic faith you never knew in Joe Sixpack's Secrets of the Catholic Faith. There are many essentials to our holy and ancient faith that few modern Catholics know. Those essentials have become, well, secrets, hence the title Secrets of the Catholic Faith. Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, is always exciting, never boring, and completely politically incorrect. He never shies away from the so-called untouchable moral issues. With his use of humor and directness, readers and students can never get enough of what he teaches. According to Joe, there isn't one single teaching of the Catholic Church that can't be completely demonstrated to an inquiring mind. Everything can be demonstrated. But the Catholic laity aren't being taught these things. They're being fed pablum when they need and want meat. Secrets of the Catholic Faith is actually exciting, and it will make any Catholic's chest swell with pride. So get your copy of Secrets of the Catholic Faith by Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy, today in print or ebook on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes and Noble, and Kobo. Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, wants to make sure you're informed about all the Catholic news you need to know. Here's Joe Sixpack's top five Catholic news picks for this episode. Catholic news pick number five. Hats off to Catholic News Agency. A new study finds that fertility rates below the replacement rate are the new normal, not just in Europe and the United States, but all over the world. This is a horrible consequence of violating divine and natural law by using contraception. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic Catholic news pick number four. 
Hats off to Catholic News Agency. One U.S. senator is looking to bring up a vote on protecting churches from attempts to police their beliefs after a presidential candidate said churches should lose their tax-exempt status if they oppose same-sex marriage. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic Catholic News Pick number three. Hats off to the Catholic Herald. The president of the Polish Bishops' Conference has asked Pope Francis to proclaim St. John Paul II a doctor of the church and patron of Europe. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic Catholic News Pick number number two. two. Hats off to the blaze. A Pennsylvania school district is set to drop a hefty sum on brand new gender-neutral changing facility for students. Garden Spot High School in New Holland will eliminate traditional boys' and girls' locker rooms with the $2.4 million project. Renovations are expected to be completed by December 2020. Parents and students are not happy. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic Catholic News News Pick Pick number one. Hats off to Catholic News Agency. The Senate confirmed Andrew Bremberg as a U.S. representative to the U.N. in Geneva in a 50-44 vote. Bremberg, a graduate of Franciscan University of Steubenville, played a key role in crafting and implementing the Trump administration's expansion of the pro-life Mexico City policy, banning the use of foreign aid for groups that perform or refer for abortions. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Warning to snowflakes. If he thinks it, he says it. It's time now for Joe Sixpack's Common Sense Catholic Commentary. Something is happening with Kanye West, and it may be a good thing for the Catholic Church in America. For those of you who don't have a life and have never heard of Kanye West, he's been a rap star in the hip-hop genre since 1996. Excuse the language, but he used to rap about hoes and bitches. Now he raps about Jesus. Obviously, Kanye had some sort of conversion, and he appears dead set on sharing his faith with anyone who will listen. Given his popularity and status as a superstar, there are plenty of people who are going to listen to him. Kanye came to my attention several months ago. I'd heard his name, but knew absolutely nothing about him except that he was married to Kim Kardashian. What brought him to my attention was the fact that he became an outspoken supporter of President Donald Trump, a black entertainer who was pro-Trump. I'm not too impressed with entertainers, but that alone set him apart as unique and worthy of at least my cursory attention. The next significant thing I heard about West was how he was sharing his faith. Brad Pitt was a high school student in Springfield, Missouri, while I was in business in that same city. Because of that connection and my appreciation for his acting abilities, I've always maintained an interest in the things going on in his life. While I've never known much about Pitt's upbringing, I knew his religious background was Baptist, that his Missouri family is reportedly devout, and that he lives like a man who has no belief in God at all. Imagine my surprise then when I saw a report that Kanye West had invited Brad Pitt to his non-denominational church service. I was even more surprised that Pitt spoke to reporters of the experience only in glowing terms. He sounded like a man who was beginning to take seriously the possibility of some sort of spiritual life. 
What added to the genuineness of this was that West didn't comment on any of this at all. He seemed to want to respect Brad Pitt's privacy in the matter. The next thing popping up on my radar about West was what he had to say to his employees, and I assume there are quite a few. West begged them to abstain from sex until they married, and he asked any of them who used pornography to renounce its usage. I found that pretty amazing for a 42-year-old rap star, but West carried it a step further. I didn't read the interview, but I saw where he gave one in which he talked about the evils of pornography and the bad effects it has on individuals and society. He even talked about how he was once enslaved to pornography, which I think was a courageous testimony. Related to that, it's reported that he told his wife, Kim Kardashian, that she dresses way too sexy and he urged her to practice modesty. Recently, West released an album titled Jesus is King. From what I've seen, the new album seems to be selling even better than expected. In fact, just this morning, I saw where it was number one. Shortly after the release of this album, West was performing a concert in Louisiana, and over 1,000 young people gave their hearts to Christ after listening to West perform and speak. At my age, I thought I'd seen everything, but I was wrong. I've never seen anything like this. We've all heard the saying that all roads lead to Rome. That saying was born because the Roman Empire built roads all over the known world, and every one of those roads led to Rome as the ultimate destination. Centuries later, the Catholic Church adopted that saying because our popes, bishops, and priests over the centuries have realized that all religions and philosophies that had even a single element of truth could be used by the Holy Spirit to lead people back to Rome, that is, the Roman Catholic Church. We can only pray and hope that Kanye West eventually finds the fullness of divinely revealed truth, which rests exclusively in the church Christ established, the Catholic Church. In the meantime, the Holy Spirit is calling us to capitalize on what West is doing. Kanye West is changing hearts and minds by influencing young people to accept Christianity. Christianity has been under severe attack in recent decades, and both secondary and post-secondary schools have indoctrinated students to believe Christianity is a hoax, a lie. Consequently, the vast majority of young people don't believe in God. But West is changing that. The majority of my listeners range in age from 18 to 35. That means most of you have friends and acquaintances in that same age group. Now is the time, then, to begin using the popularity of Kanye West and what he's doing to open dialogues with your friends about Christianity. Don't worry about it if you don't feel confident enough to answer all their questions. I've learned over the years that the Holy Spirit won't leave you orphaned if your intentions are good. Besides, you have me to help you. Engage your friends and acquaintances in serious spiritual-based conversations. Then, when they're ready to learn more than you're equipped to tell them, get them registered to attend my Sharing the Catholic Faith webinars. Then sit down with them while they watch the webinar presentation. It's important that you be there with them. If they have questions, help them ask those questions. I'm happy to answer them, always. And remember, these webinars are free. You and your friends can begin getting invitations to these webinars by visiting joesixpackanswers.com and filling in your name and email in the form in the right sidebar.
If you didn't catch the web address, don't worry. There's a link in my show notes. Comfort and conviction don't live on the same block. I've always said that. Who's your neighbor? Comfort or conviction? Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, is a welcome visitor to parishes across the United States every Sunday through his What We Believe, Why We Believe It bulletin inserts. Using humor, immutable truth, and ignoring political correctness, Joe Sixpack helps the average Catholic in the pew better know and understand our holy and ancient faith in a way that is refreshing, awe-inspiring, and makes readers chest-pounding proud to be Catholic. And readers love it. Now you can enjoy Joe's work by getting the best of What We Believe, Why We Believe It book series. In fact, get two copies of each book, one for yourself and one for your pastor. Then your priest can decide if he wants to help your fellow parishioners by subscribing to the What We Believe, Why We Believe It bulletin inserts. Get your copy of the best of What We Believe, Why We Believe It by Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, today in print or ebook on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes & Noble, and Kobo. I believe a really great way to teach the faith is through stories, parables, and anecdotes. So here's today's story. A boy had a little white terrier named Prince that he took very good care of. One winter morning when the dog had just been bathed, brushed, and combed, the boy and his sister agreed that Prince looked really beautiful and perfectly white for once. It had snowed all night, but now the sun was shining. They went across the fields to a village shop, and suddenly the boy said, Look at Prince. He's dirty again already. Yuck, you're right. Prince looks really dirty, his sister said. Then she noticed why Prince looked dirty. She said, Prince isn't dirty. It's only seeing him against the fresh snow that makes him look that way. Sometimes you may have a good opinion of yourself because you may not have examined your conscience well. The best way to examine your conscience prior to confession is to think about the Ten Commandments and the precepts of the church. Asking yourself honestly how you may have sinned by violating the commandments and precepts, you'll see that your soul isn't as clean and white as you think it is. The commandments are like the fresh sparkling snow. They show you how good you should be in God's sight. Hey, six-packers, that's all for this episode. I've enjoyed having you with me. Don't forget to like me on Facebook and follow me on Twitter. The links are in my show notes. Also, remember to visit joesixpackanswers.com to sign up for my free email course. Each short lesson arrives in your inbox every three days. We also have the Cantankerous Catholic Social Media Group you can join to discuss anything about Catholicism, our country, or anything else on your mind. I visit the page every day. The link's also in my show notes. There are lots of other neat things of interest in my show notes, too. You can find them at cantankerouscatholic.com. And remember to live by the Joe Sixpack battle cry. Comfort and conviction don't live on the same block. This has been the Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Thanks for subscribing, and be sure to visit cantankerouscatholic.com to get your free copy of Joe's popular book, The Best of What We Believe, Why We Believe It.